0: The Triathlon Show 347. Hey, what's up everybody and welcome back to another episode of That Triathlon Show, the podcast presented by scientifictriathlon.com. I'm your host Michael and on today's episode I interview Cecile Reynaud. Cecile comes from a volleyball background and has an impressive coaching resume in volleyball and I'll let her introduce herself in a bit when we get into the interview but uh, just to mention the topic for today as you have seen from the title is uh, about women in coaching and uh, that is uh, something that Cecile has written about very recently publishing a new book called Winning Ways of Women Coaches so that's just for you to have some context as to how this interview came about Uh, Cecile is not a triathlon coach but she is somebody that uh, has a of knowledge of the general topic of women in coaching and uh, yeah that is uh, this the things we we will be discussing today are uh, quite general and applicable across many different sports this episode is sponsored by Precision Fuel and Hydration, uh, that creates sports nutrition products, including both fueling and hydration products, and they help you use the, their products effectively through a range of free tools, services, and content. Uh, they have recently launched a fantastic fuel and hydration planner on their website, that is a one-stop shop for figuring out an effective race hydration and fueling strategy for you. It's free and super easy to use. It only takes a couple of minutes to answer a handful of questions, and then you get a detailed, simple, and effective. Race plan they also offer free consultations and as a listener of the podcast you can get 15% off your order of the range of electrolyte and carbohydrate products by using the code tts22 at checkout at precisionfuelandhydration.com and thank you to roca roca produce exceptional quality on wetsuits trisuits swimskins goggles performance sunglasses as well as prescription eyeglasses and sunglasses Today, let's talk about Roca's wetsuits and why they are such a great choice if you're in the market for a wetsuit. Firstly, they have a wide range of options from the entry-level Maverick uh, up to the flagship model, the Maverick X2. All of these models come with the patented arm Sub technology, which maximizes your shoulder mobility, which uh, otherwise can be quite restricted and result in less efficient and slower swimming. Then depending on which models you're looking at you have features like uh, patented buoyancy profiles and exoskeleton that maximizes propulsion by increasing the connection between your hips and your shoulders and uh, much much more. You can read all the details on roca.com and you can get 20% off your entire order by visiting roca.com forward slash tts. Now, one quick mention before we get into the interview with Cecile, we are running a training camp in Portugal in January 2023 for a small group of 15 advanced athletes, so this camp does come with some uh, criteria for that you will need to to hit to be because we want to train together as as a small group so this camp is uh, a smaller uh, sister camp in addition to our march Mallorca training camp that will be open to athletes of all levels Uh, so don't worry about that we will uh, provide more details very soon uh, because this camp has already, the Portugal camp that is has already been launched on the Scientific triathlon newsletter. Get on that if you're not already. Uh, we only have a handful of slots uh, left available. Uh, all the information about the camp is on the Scientific triathlon website. So go and check that out. And if you have any questions or you're interested in joining, please just email me. Uh, but like I said, we have a limited number of slots left uh, from a fairly small group uh, at the start. So if you want to be sure to get one of them, it's best to act quickly. Uh, now, Without any further ado, let's get into the interview with uh, Cecile Renault. Welcome to The Triathlon Show, Cecile. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing great. Thank you for having me on the podcast.
0: Uh, it's a pleasure. Uh, can you start by introducing yourself and uh, tell us a bit more about yourself and your background?
1: Well, certainly, I uh, I grew up in Missouri and I played on various high school teams uh, in the late '60s and '70s. So that's giving away my age, but they were really just kind of play days against other schools. We didn't really have uniforms; we just had our gym suits and little numbers with you know pennies with numbers on them. Uh, then I went to college at Missouri State University. I majored in physical education, and I played on the field hockey and the volleyball teams there. Uh, played for both of those coaches were women. Then after graduation, uh, from college, I taught physical education and health in a small town in Missouri. I coached four sports, you know, softball, basketball, volleyball, track. I drove a school bus and, uh, and then after I was there for one year, I got a call from Florida State University asking me if I would be interested in being the head volleyball coach. I was 22 years old, but they they hired me uh, as a graduate student. So for $3,000, I went down there, worked on my master's, and began coaching. Then in 1978, it became a full-time job. And uh, so I was the head coach at Florida State University uh, in volleyball for 26 years. And then while I was coaching, I earned my Ph.D. in 1998. And uh, so after I retired from coaching in uh, 2001, I became a faculty member in sport management. And then I retired from the university in 2015, but still teach one class a semester online as an adjunct faculty member. And then I've served on you know several national boards uh, in 2020. I just finished a term as chair of USA Volleyball. I was also president of the American Volleyball Coaches Association, and, and then another organization I've been heavily involved in. Uh, I served as a founding member for the Alliance of Women Coaches, which is now known as We Coach, and it's an organization to really help recruit, retain, educate, and support women coaches of all sports at all levels.
0: Yeah, and related to that, also related to your volleyball career, you have written a number of books. Can you tell us a bit more about, about that?
1: Well, I have, uh, you know, I got asked to be involved in, it was called the Volleyball Coaching Bible. Uh, Human Kinetics, the publisher, does a variety of series, and they call them Bibles. So Volleyball Coaching Bible, uh, Dr. Don Shondell asked me to co-edit that book. So we recruited, you know, 20 different authors. They each had different chapters. And then they came back and wanted to do a second edition. So I did that second volume by myself, 20 different coaches, you know, a variety of topics, and then I did another book, techniques and tactics of volleyball, and you know, just just a variety of things. And then I'll, we'll we'll talk about the women's coaching books a little bit later.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I th- I think we can maybe head right into that because that's uh well as 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 you know the the members of the or the audience the listeners in the audience here are mostly triathletes and endurance athletes. So 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 what what but what is really interesting is that I think coaching to me at least it seems to be in sports that. Across a number of different sports, not just in triathlon, we have this issue with the the large majority of coaches are men, and then also there's not maybe the same opportunities for for women. And there, depending on the sport, there might be a number of other issues rather than just the the numbers. But that's what I want to ask you about because that's what your latest book. Kind of goes into a little bit of that, and, uh, and and so that's why I thought you would be a great guest to have. So, can you can you discuss that? Maybe the your latest book about uh, women in coaching. What led you to write that?
1: Well, uh, first of all, I in after doing these volleyball coaching books, I said to the publisher, you know, I I've been reading coaching books my entire career. I mean, books by coaches, not necessarily about coaching, but uh, you know, by men's basketball, men's hockey, men's baseball. And I said, but I would really be interested in knowing what the best women in coaching think and and what are they doing about things and how are they successful? And so they thought it was an interesting idea. And this was, again, in 2005. So I put together an outline of topics and a list of coaches that I thought I could get. Their credentials were going to be uh, incredible. They had to be national champions, Olympic champions, high school state champions. I mean, that was the criteria. And uh, I was good friends with Pat Summit, who was the women's basketball coach at the University of Tennessee and the 1984 Olympic coach. And so I called her and said, I want to do this book. And and I knew if I got her on board, I could get anybody else. So uh, she agreed to do a chapter on uh, staff management. The book was called She Can Coach, uh, and it has 20 different women in it and 13 different sports. And and so the the topics they wrote on were motivation, professionalism, managing a staff, coaching philosophy, you know, and, and others. And then in 2020, I went back to the publisher and I said, you know, I think it might be time to do this again. And they agreed. So uh, in May, uh, after you know two years of putting this together, we published Winning Ways of Women Coaches. This is twenty different women, same high credentials, but we now added two from Canada. We've got two from Australia, uh, one from Major League Baseball, and one from the NFL as well. And uh, again, various chapters are managing a staff. Uh, s- somebody wrote on coaching your team holistically. I had another coach that's very good on living the values and having fun because her teams are always having fun and people just don't understand how that's possible. Uh, Using an athlete-centered approach was another chapter. uh, Developing a team culture. And we had each one of the authors, even though that might not have been their specific topic, we had them talk about team culture because that's so important. Uh, Somebody did one on designing a strategic plan, recruiting athletes to your program, Uh, being an assistant coach, uh, how to get a job and move up, uh, managing yourself, which is, you know, extremely important for coaches. And then, you know, raising a family while coaching. And another coach did uh, a chapter on defining athletes' roles on your team, which is so critical. And I don't think very many of us uh, do a good job with that. So that's this uh, most recent book, Winning Ways of Women Coaches.
0: Yeah, and it was quite interesting. I uh I got an e-copy that that I've been uh that, that I've been browsing through a bit and uh, a lot of the things of course are relevant uh, no matter what the sport is. Sure. Some some of the things uh, are more specific to team sports, but I actually found that 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 was really interesting to learn more about how does it work in a team sport environment and i've been playing soccer or football throughout my youth so i i know what it is to be on a team but i have never thought about that from a coaching perspective coaching in an individual sport
1: yeah it's it's uh i mean it's a well, I mean, it's a, if your team, if you're not together as a team in a team sport, you know, you're going to have a rough season, but uh, yeah, I mean, you've got to manage people, uh, manage the individual athletes, but then you also have to have that right culture, which I'm sure you would have to have in a triathlon too.
0: Yes, yes, absolutely. And and it it's just a bit different because there and there are definitely a lot of training groups in triathlon, especially at the youth level, and also when you go to the highest level of uh, Olympic distance racing or short course racing, then uh but then on the on the other side, on the um kind of long distance triathlon side, you have a lot of people training independently and having coaches remotely, like that's the way that I work with athletes. So then it's a bit of a different thing and it's more of a one-to-one relationship between the coach and the athlete. But sometimes you also have uh, you have a physiotherapist involved or you have a sports psychologist involved or a nutritionist involved, and, and it does become a bit of a team, and, and many of the same things applies, at least at the professional level.
1: And, and you know, that's, that's what's really interesting because I have found that most of these women that I've spoken with that have been contributors, it is about the one-on-one relationship with the athletes. I mean, that's hmm. the first thing they talk about, no matter what the sport is, whether it's an individual sport like golf, it's all about how do they relate relate to each person. And if they don't have a connection with each person, then the whole group's not going to work. And, uh, and I think, uh, you know, I've done a lot of coaching clinics and I've had coaches, uh, you know, I say, how often do you meet with your athletes? And they go, oh, you know, I just don't have time for that. And I go, that's your, that's your biggest asset. I mean, if you're not, spending time getting to know them as people how can you possibly inspire or motivate them to do well so it's it's all about people skills no matter whether it's a team or individual sport
0: mm, yeah that's that's fascinating to hear that it applies equally in the team sport environment um so with all of the your coaching experience and all of the women in particular that you've talked to in coaching i wanted to ask you uh, about the the current state of women in coaching uh, and i'm sure that the us is the one the country where you, that you have the most familiarity with and the most knowledge of but if you can speak to
1: globally as well that that's that's also good of course well sure and of course uh, i mean my expertise is really in coaching and in coaching volleyball, but I, I love coaching education. So some of this data, you know, I mean, pe- other people can dig into this probably a little more than I can. Uh, my my role and my purpose is just to expose the great women coaches to everybody else and let them read what these women are doing. But I think globally, well, at any level, the number of women coaches is very low. And uh, I can only really speak, looking at volleyball, I think we have that I know of in the past, we had one woman that coached internationally. Her national team, Long Ping was from China. Uh, she did come to the USA volleyball and she coached our national team in 2008. And then she went back to China and won a gold medal there. But, uh, just if you, in our sport in particular, you see very few women, even, even as assistants, I mean, they might be there as an athletic trainer or a manager, but very few uh, that are actually on the bench with some of these uh, sport groups. And so, uh, you know, I think we saw Andy Murray hired Marasimo, I think as a hurt as a tennis coach and she coached him in men's professional sports, which was really unusual. But, um, in USA Volleyball, we were sitting in a meeting. I was on the board, and I they, they told us who our national team staff was going to be for the Olympics, and they named four men. And I said, um, "You know, do we have any women uh, coaching this women's team?" And they said, "Well, we have a we have a female trainer." And I said. Well, that's not exactly, you know, the role I was looking for. So I'm proud to say that we have changed. We do understand diversity in coaching is really good. And we have had two women assistants these past two quads, and we won a silver medal and finally, finally won a gold medal in USA Volleyball. So I think uh, <clears throat> it's just, I'm not sure what the reason is, but we just see very few women uh, internationally as head coaches, particularly.
0: Yeah, yeah, and when you mentioned Andy Murray there, the fact that it was uh, such big news maybe speaks to the state of tennis just as much as volleyball.
1: And he was coached by his mother. I mean, that's why it wasn't such a hard transition for him. You know, Mm. Judy Murray had coached him, and so all of a sudden he got a female coach, and everybody went, "Wow, is that possible?" And you know, of course, she did a great job.
0: Yeah, and. do you think that there's a a difference between different levels of coaching so for example well in in the united states you could look at for example high school versus college versus national teams and so on or in different sports like in in triathlon for example we would have youth junior, under 23 and elite categories and so on. Do you think the level there, like would there be more women coaches at different levels?
1: Well, this is a, this is a very tricky question. So I want to make sure that I get you to think about this in a more of a broader perspective. So if you look at all athletes, all teams, all individual sports, men's and women's, and you look at that number, clearly it's going to be extremely low, but once you drill down and just look at who are, who are coaching the women's teams, which is only giving us really a 50% shot of coaching the, the genders, uh, in Div- NCAA Division One, I, I think it's at about 42% women right now. And it used to be, you know, almost all women. The numbers in our high schools in the United States is about 33% women. And if you look at women that are coaching men's teams in college, it's only about 3%. So when you look at the overall uh, of both genders, we're only being considered for 50% of those positions, except now we're starting to apply for men's teams, to coach men's teams. And, you know, why shouldn't we? Professional leagues in the United States have started hiring a few more women We've in the NFL. Uh, Major League Baseball and Major League Basketball have started hiring more women. But, okay, but here it is. The NFL, I think, has 2% of women in coaching but that's two percent more than they ever used to have. <clears throat> so I think women are starting to think, "Why shouldn't I apply if I know the sport? Uh, I, I should apply." And you know, give them a chance to get that opportunity. But we've got to apply first.
0: Mm, yeah. So it's it's good to hear then that it sounds like there's a slow positive trend uh, in 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 the right direction. Yes. Uh, do you think? What, what do you think? Are some things that could be done to? Um, to in to speed up the process or just keep doubling down on things that might have already might already be working
1: well, I think we've first of all we've got a, people that are in coaching and in athletics and doing the hiring have got to really start to look out and see the young women that might have the personality for coaching. I mean, it, you know, it takes a certain kind of a person to get into coaching, but they've got the knowledge, the personality, the work ethic. We've got to look around in our programs and say, hey, I think you might, let's think about you maybe going into coaching. I mean, what an exciting career. I can't think of anything else that takes you around the world, that you get to work with young people, that you have a daily process to help them get better. I mean, it's just extremely rewarding. So if we can start to recruit young people, young women, they can be successful or they can be the one that's, you know, in the team sport sitting on the bench, but they're there, they pay attention, they know what they're talking about. And so let's get them in, get them some opportunities and, you know, work them in as graduate assistants or assistant coaches and let them work at several programs and get the experience they need to be successful. So I think that's what we need to do is, and then just make sure they're uh, educated. They've got to know their sport. They've got to know, of course, in in triathlon, that all the different sciences that, you know, you all have to be experts in know the sciences, the technique, the tactics, all of those things. And then again, really know people and how to be a good manager of time, people of resources. So I think it's on us to look for these people and recruit them and say, why not you? Why don't you apply for this? And, you know, somebody did that to me and I went, gosh, I I never thought about me. But, you know, an older man in USA Volleyball said, why don't you apply for this uh, World University Games team? And I thought, I don't know. You know, and and sometimes as women, we don't see ourselves in those roles because we haven't seen anybody in that role before. So I think that's Mm -hmm. important. Give them opportunities, let them see women in coaching, and then they can aspire to have that kind of career.
0: Yeah is there is there that's a that's a great point uh is there anything else that you think could be done and or any other things that we're already doing and that uh, that you think are working
1: Well I again I think just uh making things um Welcoming for women. I mean, sometimes, you know, the environment is just all men. And while I've gone through that my whole life, I don't even think about being the only woman in the room anymore, but just making it a a, a welcoming environment. You know, more women, more diversity on the staff, making sure that men uh, welcome their input, and, uh, you know, and respect them. And then the athletes, I think, again, the more they see, and, and and at the lower levels, get women involved at the lower levels. And of course, those are the most important coaches, because they keep, you know, if they have a good time at the lower level, they stay in the sport. And yeah. so that's, that's really the best coaches, the, the higher we get, you know, the more it's about, you know, the technical aspects, but making sure they have fun and that they're in it, and that they see what, uh, what they can do as they work with people growing up.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, in a previous interview that I did with a with a woman triathlon coach and one of quite few uh, women triathlon coaches at, at the very highest level, uh, she hypothesized that there's just such a larger drop-off of actual athletes in across p- sports in kind of the teenage years and even pre-teenage years that just – like the fact that there are so many girls that stop doing sports r- compared to boys, that that's, that's just – kind of stops the funnel funneling of potential coaches and that, that that's something that could be important but also that getting women coaches there that could better Make sure that they stay in the sport could be an important point.
1: You know, and I have heard that before. That I think it's maybe around fourteen years old. They decide they're either going to stay in sport or they're going to go into something else. And and you know maybe it's music or acting or you know some other hobby or something else that that they're interested in. And so again, I think it's very important that those younger level coaches. Uh, do a good job of keeping them interested, having fun, making it worthwhile. They look forward to going to practice. It's not just a grind. You know, it's not a lot of drama, but it's enjoyable in that we want sport to be fun at all levels. I mean, Olympians want to have fun when they go to practice. They want to be challenged, but they want it to be entertaining. And, you know, we have this saying, never be your, ch- never be a child's last coach. You know, if you're the last one that coach them and they decide not to go on, you kind of go, oh, you know, you'd lost that opportunity. So, mm, you yeah. want to make sure you're not that last coach.
0: Yeah. Um, within the uh, United States collegiate system, uh, for triathlon in particular, the last few years have been exciting because uh, triathlon was uh, an emerging sport for women since 2014. And now it's been it's, it's been touted as the next or of the next uh, sports to be an official uh, NCAA sport uh, after an approval process that i'm not exactly sure how it works but but from what i read within a couple of years it should be granted official NCAA status
1: and you know and that's that's very exciting we had i think the last sport they actually officially added was beach volleyball uh, and it was like the 51st sport that the ncaa hosted and so there's a yeah they put they kind of put teams and sports into emerging categories i think acrobat and tumbling is an emerging sport for women uh, with the NCAA and the and the thing that's interesting about uh, acrobat and tumbling and now triathlon is it doesn't take a lot of equipment it doesn't take a lot of the facility you know there's nothing new you have to build uh, I mean I'm sure you know you've got to have the bike and a pool or a, a lake or you know whatever whatever you swim in and then a place to run but it's uh, it's it should be an easy sport to add for uh, universities because it's not going to be a high cost
0: yeah no i get what you're saying the the if, if you have a swimming program and an athletics program you already have the the pool and the the track that you would need sure it, it is it is a very equipment heavy sport on the participation side though because with the uh, bike and bike equipment and wetsuit and everything so it's actually like a very expensive sport and, uh-huh. uh, and kind of comparable to golf in many ways but it is but it can be done much cheaper than that it's just like the if you want to have the best equipment, then that's that's quite
1: expensive. <laughs> yes, yes. I, I love to bike. Biking is one of my favorite things. And I, I bike with some various people who have less expensive bikes, and it just drives me nuts. You know, when we go to lift the bike up on the rack. You know, everybody wants to lift mine because it's so lightweight and it's, you know, it's expensive. And then, you know, the other bikes, I'm going like, come on, get a bike that's going to be smooth and easy. So, yes, it can be very expensive.
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, but uh, but on that, what do you think that this could mean for women coaches within the sport of triathlon, uh, if and when it becomes officially a part of uh, of the NCAA?
1: Well, and, and again, I'm not sure how many women are coaching now in the various club programs and the the organizations that have USA Triathlon or other you know, international organizations, how many women are in that. But I would encourage them, first of all, I think that's exciting news, but I would encourage them to make sure they're not extremely knowledgeable in the sport. You know, they have all the science backgrounds. They've been to the clinics. They've been to uh, courses where they can learn as much as they can. So they'll be successful. And then make sure they uh, – they get with mentors that can help them. I would apply for these positions and go in with like a five-year strategic plan. You know, this is what I want to accomplish. This is how I'm going to do it in all these various areas and present that to the administration. And then also make sure the administration understands what it's going to take for them to achieve that strategic plan. And then, you know, know uh, some staff members that they might want to hire and make sure they surround themselves with good people, and then just uh, you know know how to manage people because that's what it's going to come down to.
0: Yeah, so they need that's to where- start getting
1: themselves ready right now.
0: Yeah. Um, a good place to start could be, could be reading your book, uh, in that regard. <laughs> Lots of the things that you mentioned there are, uh, very well covered there. Uh, are there any other, uh, considerations? You mentioned a lot of things already, but any, any other advice that you would like to give to women who want to pursue a career in coaching or are already doing so, but want to advance that career?
1: Well, I think, you know, you've just got to continue to educate yourself and, uh, put yourself out there. I think some things that I did when I was younger is I did apply for various coaching positions within our national governing body. And that gave me exposure to, first of all, what all was going on at the highest level, but that it also gave people exposure to me. And, you know, if you want to get hired, it's not who you know, it's who knows you. And so what can you do to make yourself, um, uh, available, networking with various people, a uh, well-known, uh, if, if you're coaching at a club or whatever triathlon has, uh, and a small club, but your athletes are successful, people will notice that. And then you can move up to the various levels if that's what you want to do. So I think, uh, again, being knowledgeable, having great mentors, and then just continue studying and reading all the time about uh, various aspects of coaching.
0: Yeah, no, that's uh, that's those are all great points. And is there anything else just regarding that you mentioned putting yourself out there and uh, getting people to know you? Other than that, like marketing, if you want to call it that, or promoting yourself, are there any specifics there that you would advise people to learn how to do or just start doing?
1: Well, it seems like this younger generation knows how to market themselves pretty well. I hope they do it in a positive way, you know, social media is uh good, but I again, I think if you if I take care of my program and the athletes I'm coaching, People will notice if it's at a high school level. They say, "Wow, that team is always really good." You know, who is that coach? If it's at a college level, that that team is really good, and that's you know that's where the people go to look to hire is who is being successful. You know, at the open level or, or whatever it is. But I think uh, taking care of the team that you're currently coaching is really important, and doing a good job there, I think, brings recognition to your program. Now, if you want to use social media to publicize that or you know, whatever you want to do, but I, you know, women have a hard time promoting themselves. And, uh, and so I think if you've got, if you let people know you're interested in a position, then they can also speak on your behalf and say, Hey, you know, when you're ready to start looking at something, Cecile Renata has really done a great job down here and she would be interested in moving on. So letting people know that you're interested in coaching.
0: Yeah, yeah. And uh, one uh, aspect from or chapter from your book that I wanted to cover as well is uh, leadership for women coaches, because I think this is very relevant in no matter what the sport is, if it's a team sport or individual sport or the setting. So so can you give some tips around uh, leadership?
1: You know, uh, again, when, whenever we do these volleyball coaching clinics, I you know, I would say, what do you coach? And they'd all yell out volleyball. So I'd hand them a volleyball and I'd say, OK, coach that. And they'd look at me and I'd go, you're really not coaching volleyball, you're coaching people. And so, you know, you can't get the volleyball to do anything. And in triathlon, you can't get, you know, a bike to do anything. It's got to be the person. So how you connect with people. I think uh, anytime, in fact, when students were doing projects, I said, if you want to get a lot of sources resources just pick leadership because you know it's unlimited. So I think uh, great leaders know how to get people to follow them and uh, to me one of the most important things is knowing is knowing what your followers need and how you can uh, provide inspiration to them or motivate them. Uh, you know, and sometimes coaches think leadership is just going full bore and you know everybody on board or off, but I think you've really got to reach back and help them and understand them individually what they need to be successful. So anything, uh, you know, leadership to me is not different between men and women. It's just knowing how to manage people, uh, putting together a plan, you know, being able to have confidence and, you know, to have confidence, you've got to understand your field. So uh, the more knowledge they have, the better.
0: Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And uh, you mentioned uh, at the beginning of the interview as well, uh, considerations regarding being a coach while having a family and also personal well-being and that is something when you're a coach the line between your work life and your personal life it blurs very much and uh, if it even exists so can you discuss those things
1: well uh, you know it's coaching i think is intense it's demanding it's time consuming and and we always talk about work life balance or equilibrium because it's never it's never balanced but it's always you know how, how are things going personally and professionally. You just try and keep that kind of in equilibrium. And uh, again, I think it's important. You've got to know how to manage yourself before you can take care of others. And so you, you've got to have a good plan for yourself, you know, a healthy lifestyle, uh, taking time to re energize, taking time to educate yourself and and just relax. And then you'll be able to take care of others. And I, I think uh, coaches need a, su- a strong support group, whether or not you have a family. I mean, gosh, you know, you travel all the time. Somebody's got to pick up the mail, somebody's got to, you know, do different, help you with different things if you travel extensively. So uh, if you're going to have a family, you've got to have a supportive partner, uh, a, a great families. You know, some coaches have their parents, you know, live in the same community, your grandparents. You've got to have support from that organization that you're coaching for, whether it's an athletic department or a club. Can they provide you with uh, pay for a nanny or can they help with team, with traveling with your kids and bringing them along, which I think, you know, is always good for coaches. I'm not sure how it would be in triathlon, whether that's going to be conducive to that. Uh, Ellen Randall from Australia, the rowing coach, the famous rowing coach down there, wrote this chapter on coaching a family. And she said, you know, rowing wasn't really a good sport to bring my kids to because, you know, we were out on a boat and in the water and, you know, they were away from everybody. But a a lot of sports, you know, the kids love being around the athletes. The athletes love being around those kids. And I understand that a lot of times those children are really much more Independent and well developed because they 've had to learn how to do some things on their own because they 've had to help their you know parents out who are coaching and so it 's uh, you know i 've seen what our beach volleyball coach here has three children. And young young boys, and her husband is an international volleyball player, Nick Lucena, who is constantly traveling around the world. But I think her parents live here in town, and she's got you know good support from the athletic department. so you know that's important you've got to have a good support group, and everybody's got to be all in, but why wouldn't they be all in? I mean, we need to take care of our families men yeah, coaches I'm not, I'm- male and female coaches.
0: And, and I think you make a great point there about asking for support from your uh, from your department if you're in university or from your governing body or the, your right. your employer, whoever that might be. That's something that you might not even think about, but they might be more than happy to, right. to provide yeah, traveling we, support.
1: We talked about we, – we have a championship, a high-performance championship in – Uh, in volleyball and some of the women wouldn't apply. They said, well, I just don't want to be gone for two weeks away from my family. So I said to our governing body, why can't we get them a single room? Why can't we let them bring their kids? You know, why can't, you know, and there's no good answer, you know, why wouldn't you? So it's the, the numbers have gone up a little bit with people, you know, because they didn't want to take more time away from their family to coach an extra team, but they've started doing that now because uh, our governing body has stepped up to make it easier.
0: Mm, Yeah, that's great. Great to hear. Um, And and then just closing out a little bit around uh, your book, "Winning Ways for Women Coaches." Can you tell us a bit more? Who who is it for? Really, who would benefit from reading it? And is there anything else that you didn't mention that that you want to mention about the book?
1: Well, I think it's uh, you know the women in it are just fascinating, and I I think uh, you know just finding out. Why you are and who who you coach? Why you coach? What's your why? I think is is really a big chapter by Val Field. I mean, she was the coach of the decade from UCLA gymnastics. Uh, they just all offer such a unique uh, topic. Rachel Balkovic is a new uh, general manager for the uh, Major League Baseball. She's coaching in the minor leagues. The first woman to ever do that. She actually her chapter is fascinating about you know the young men playing baseball that she was going to work with in the minor leagues were Hispanic. So she went, uh, she learned Spanish so she could, you know, communicate with them on in a language that, you know, she gave of herself. She went to, uh, she went overseas and got very heavily involved in exercise physiology and studied with the expert. She tried to make herself an expert so she could come back and relate, but she's just fascinating on dividing the team up into leadership groups. I mean, they're, they're just each, uh, interesting in a different way and how they approach culture and how they try and get their team to respect one another and that they're all in and they've got each other's backs. And it's just fascinating that each one of those programs has been so successful because those coaches have taken time primarily to be their authentic self. They're not not studying some other leadership style and trying to imitate that because that doesn't work ever. So they're their authentic self. They really try and get to know their individual athletes and uh, gear what they need. I mean, some of their individual meetings, there wasn't uh, there wasn't any kind of a, an agenda. They would say like, "What do you want to talk about today?" You know, it was on the athlete. What did they want to talk about? It wasn't always the coach. And they'd make the athletes take notes and con- you know, this is what we talked about. And so they were always you know documenting and keeping track. of of what they were talking about with their athletes and then being respectful of athletes and and coaching them in a way that, uh, you know, they're always concerned about the person. And I think we find sometimes coaches go off the rails when they get demeaning or degrading. And, you know, and that's never good um, for male or female athlete. So making sure that they've got a, a good head on their shoulders of how they're treating the people.
0: Yeah, yeah, excellent, and I, I can attest to the fact that there's a lot of really good uh, lessons there, also for, uh, for example, triathlon coaches or other coaches in in a very different setting than than most of the coaches in your book, but this, there are still very. V- very, very interesting uh, piece of advice there that that I took away from the book. That,
1: good. Uh, well, so, and you know, yeah. and also how to get along with your administrators, who's managing you, and uh, and that's yeah. something that we forget about sometimes. How to be a good assistant. So yeah, it's it's not sport specific for certainly, but I think yeah. uh, coaches that want to know you, if you want to know how the best women have been successful at the highest levels, it's a great resource for that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and now uh, I have a few rapid fire questions that I okay. ask all, all of the guests. So take one okay. sentence to answer each of these. And the first one is: What's your favorite book or
1: resource related to coaching? You know, it's called "Coaching Better Every Season" by Wade Gilbert. Gilbert, uh, Gilbert. It was uh, published in 2016 by Human Kinetics. It's a great book. Fit
0: on that it on my list. I've heard yes. of it, but I haven't read it yet. Yeah. Yep. What, what's an important habit that you have benefited from athletically, professionally, or personally?
1: You know, I still exercise every day, uh, even though I have an artificial hip, an artificial knee, just from, you know, standing uh, on a gym floor. And then I, I used to run a lot and I used to lift weights a lot. And so, you know, my body's just, uh, but it, I still love to exercise every day.
0: Mm, so so, what mode of exercise do you prefer? Well, I
1: either walk or I love to ride my bike. I love to bike ride. I get right. on my bike cool. and just go for miles. Yeah. Yeah. And who's somebody that you look up
0: to or that has inspired you?
1: Pat Summit was a good friend, and I got to meet her in the early 80s, and, and she was my mentor for years. And she was, can you remind she us She coached basketball at Tennessee, and then she was uh, our 1984 Olympic coach, and she's pretty pretty famous in the United States. If you're in the basketball world, you know who she was, but she's, uh, she was just the best ever. Okay, great. And
0: uh, finally, uh, where can people find out more about you or follow you? Do you have any website or social media or anything you want to let us know about?
1: Well, you know, I do have. You know, I do try to tweet every once in a while or do some things on Instagram or Facebook. But I, uh, I guess you'd have to just Google me or go to Wikipedia. I did have, I did buy my name, my domain, Cecile Renaud. I did buy that a number of years ago, but I haven't kept it up, so I've got to go back and and. uh, you know, get a website up and going again. But that's, I think that's the best you could do.
0: Right, great. Well, uh, thank you, Cecile. It was great to chat to you. And uh, yeah, thank you again for all the the great information and all the pieces of advice. Uh, Thank you so much. And and
1: good luck to you. And I'll be anxious to follow the NCAA uh, Emerging Sport. But I appreciate your time.
0: I hope that you enjoyed that interview. As always, you can find the show notes on scientifictriathlon.com with uh, links to Cecile's books and profile page. And in particular, consider getting her newest book, Winning Ways of Women Coaches. As I mentioned before the interview, uh, if you're interested in our training camps, either the one in Portugal in January in a small group setting, then check out the information on scientifictriathlon.com. Email me if you have any questions or if you want to register for the camp as I said there are only a handful of slots left available at the time of this recording so uh, it's best to act quickly to ensure you get a slot and also as I said already we will have a camp open to everybody in Mallorca in at the end of March so stay tuned for more news on that next monday on the podcast i interview dr fabian urban uh, who is a systemic performance coach uh, so he works with the mental side of the performance i guess you could say and uh, in this interview we talk about how he has worked with uh, an athlete like florian Angert to help him take the step from being fantastic uh, in training but also being able to get everything fulfill his potential on race day and some of the techniques that he used to use to do that big thanks to our sponsors precision fuel and hydration that you can find on precision fuel and hydration.com use their free fuel and hydration planner to understand your fluid electrolyte and carbohydrate needs and get a specific and effective race strategy and book a free video consultation with the team if you want to refine it even further use the code tts22 at checkout for 15% off your first order of fueling and hydration products and thank you to roca that you can find on roca.com check out their wetsuits trisuits swimskins goggles and exceptional sunglasses and prescription glasses for everything from day-to-day wear to extreme action sports use the promo code that you can get on roca.com forward slash tts and get 20% off your entire roca order thank you as always for listening keep training smart and keep loving craft love.